night and for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, relationships with your family. Many of you have great families. Maybe you have a difficult family. Maybe you have a broken family. You live with mom and stepdad or dad and stepmom. Um, but to go along with the graphic for this series and this sort of game theme we, we've got here, I want to start with this question, and I actually want a couple participa- participants. What is the last board game you played? Board game. I'm not talking apples to apples. What, cribbage? Is that right? I've heard of that. I've never played that. Checkers? Life. I love life. Yeah, I forgot about life. That's great. Any others? Cameron. What? Brain games. Sam Hoops. Monopoly. That's classic. That's like a big one. Uh, yes. Madeline Olds. What? Risk. Hate risk. I'm going to bring up risk in just a second, but yeah. Sorry. There's Clue. I don't know. Think of the last time you played a board game. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember for me. But most of the time, many of us played board games a lot when we were kids, right? Maybe your family's a big gamer family still, and uh, you're all about it, like serious games of Monopoly or Risk. So growing up, my brother and I, I have one brother, four years older than me, we played board games a lot. And I tended to like some of the more classic games that were just were fine. Sorry is one of my favorite board games. Clue is awesome. I love Clue. There's a lot of different versions of Clue. Um, Life. Caitlin Thompson said, forgot about life. Life is really fun. My brother, on the other hand, was very, very into all these strategic sort of games like Monopoly, more so like Risk and these board games. There was a game called Stratego. Anyone ever heard of Stratego? Yeah, more than any other family I know that has board games, it's the Holmes family. Um, There's some German game now where you have uh, minerals. Do you know what this is called? This is like Monopoly in Germany. It's huge. Settlers of Catan, who said that? Yes. Good game, fun game, played that once. That's the kind of game my brother was into. Maybe chess. But here's the thing. So Jeremy and I, my older brother and I, both very competitive, as any siblings are. But my brother, I feel like, was way, way, way more competitive than I am or ever was or ever have been. And so um, didn't really matter what we were playing, it would get really competitive, and my brother hated to lose. He hated, even if I started beating him, he would get cranky and irritable and um, would find every little thing that perhaps I did unfair, that was cheating. And it usually ended with us fighting. We were usually at each other's throats. In fact, my favorite story of this, my brother had a new, a new girlfriend, one of his only girlfriends, sorry, Jeremy, but uh, he was in college, and he brought this girl home to our house in Kansas, and we were playing Risk in the basement, and I started beating him, and he got really mad and started to throw a little, like, temper tantrum like he was a five-year-old, and my now sister-in-law had never seen this side of him before and was not terribly impressed, uh, was sort of like, wow, you just really lost it right there, and uh, thank, so they're married, and they have three kids, and they're happy, but um, I remember it being quite funny, and it was because I was beating Jeremy at Risk. But it usually got bad, and it ended with us at each other's throats, yelling, which turned into name-calling. And many times, we would start actually physically fighting. The neighbors once saw us, we would like, it would be more wrestling. It certainly wasn't like a fist fight. And we would somehow almost like stumble out of the front door, and it, my neighbor remembers seeing, he was in high school with us, was like, you guys were like going all over the front lawn, like just rolling around. That's how we did it. And uh, so we would fight. Um, 
And actually, because of that, I really don't like board games that much anymore, certainly not Risk and the strategy ones. I hate playing video games now because he had to win um, playing video games, and so I'm not a big gamer. Um, but here's the thing. In our family, sometimes as we fight and argue and have conflict in our families, it feels like we're playing a game, doesn't it? Maybe at times you make a move to get what you want or to get somewhere first, but your brother or sister beats you to it, perhaps. And so you make a different move, and eventually your dad steps in and because you're both fighting and he's tired of listening and shuts it all down. Maybe your family fights loud, slamming doors, slamming cupboards, lots of yelling back and forth, just yelling matches. Many, many, many families, I think, uh, fight silently. Um, I'm going to ignore them. Silent treatment, it begins to be days, perhaps, where you just know, I don't know if mom and dad are talking to each other or... Me and my sister or brother aren't talking to each other. But so there's different ways to fight. Um, but sometimes it feels like we're playing a game. We have pretty classic moves sometimes, right, as sons and daughters for our parents. So whining, um, door slamming, just said that, yelling, passive-aggressive comments. This is a favorite at our house. Uh, I tend to be passive-aggressive. Not proud of that. Um, I can yell, too. I have sort of that loud voice. But so Leslie and I will tend to say things to ourselves but loud enough so that the other person can tell that we said something. And so immediately I'm like, what? What was that? What did you just, well, you can't say it to my face, right? And I know that sounds really harsh. It's not like we don't fight all the time. Um, ignoring, glaring. Um, Leslie uh, can glare, but she's more this last one, eye rolling. She's a classic eye roller about a lot of stuff. Now, Parker, though, our kids fight differently. So Parker is a yeller like all the time. Just if he's angry, he'll start yelling immediately. And I'm like, where did you learn to yell like that? Like, what are you doing? Stop with the yelling. But whatever your strategy is, when it comes to family, we all tend to try to pull moves on each other. And um, we're trying to get what we want. We have one end in mind, one goal, because whenever there's conflict, why is it? It's usually because it's selfish, right? We want to get our way. And that's natural. And so I said for the next, uh, tonight and for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about um, what's the best move that you can make despite the environment around you and despite what you think about your stepdad or despite the issues that your mom or dad has, what move can you make? And we're not going to figure this all out, and I realize this issue lands in different places, and right now you're even going, Brad, you don't understand my family. You would not understand the way my dad is. This does not apply to me. I get that. But we're going to start this conversation, and that's what it needs to be, and I hope in small groups um, we can really open up a little about our families. Now, of course, fighting with your siblings or step-siblings is one thing, but fighting with your parents is at a whole other level, right? And maybe by high school, you guys don't do that as much anymore, or again, it's usually silent, and you just sort of, like, you know, you're mad, and so you stew, and you're angry, and I hate mom and dad, won't let me do anything, but you don't talk to them about it. Um, so maybe you've had a disagreement or an argument with one of your parents already this week. But fighting with your parents is tough, and um, parents pull classic moves too. I regularly say to my kids, I get down on one knee and I go, Parker, I'm sorry, you're not in charge. Mommy and daddy are in charge. And he doesn't like to hear that. But they say, I'm the parent, so I'm in charge. They say, why? Because I said so. And that's classic, right? That's just classic. I tend to try to stay away from that. I don't think it's very effective. But I do say, because mommy and daddy are in charge, and I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. But fighting with our parents is kind of like playing Monopoly with your brother, right? You just, you can't win because they're your parents. You just can't win. And so this is frustrating, I think, for two reasons. One, they just don't seem to understand. You go, my mom and dad, 
they just don't seem to understand. When, when your dad tells you to do something, all you can think of is he doesn't understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, why you can't be interrupted right now, and uh, they just don't seem to care that much. So maybe it's one. They don't seem to understand. Secondly, it's, they're just not that fair. Then no matter how many times you talk about it or no matter how you try to justify it, um, there's a good chance your parents will make a decision that, uh, that you don't agree with. And then you're like, that's just, mom and dad, that's just not fair. That doesn't make sense. Um, you won't be allowed to do something. They will give one of your siblings something that you never got. They'll go back on their word, on something that they promised to you. They'll make you pay for the $300 saxophone that you needed for band class. But then when you're in college, they sell it to some girl in the church and keep the money for it. That happened to me. $300. I don't know what they sold it for. It wasn't worth much. But I was like, that's not fair. I don't care if I'm in college. Well, you don't live at home anymore. The fa- I'm not bitter. The fact is, chances are you had a moment or lots of moments when you realized two potentially alarming truths. Number one, you can't change your parents. You can't change their mind. That you just can't change them. They're going to be, they're going to decide the way that they decide, and it's just the way they are. But secondly, you can't escape your parents, can you? That no matter what, even as you grow up and you go off to college, and some of you are so ready for that, you have had senioritis since June, even before senior year started, you just want to get out of the house. Um, But you're never going to stop being your parents' child. You will never stop being your mom and dad's child. And maybe your dad's already, you don't see him much because your parents are divorced. But you will deal with your parents for the rest of your life, even when you're not under their, their house, under roof anymore. So are you stuck with your parents forever? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. But don't get too depressed because you can't change your parents and you can't leave them behind, but you can change your relationship with your parents. You really can. And there's a move that you can make tonight um, that changes everything. And so there's a place in the Bible where the Apostle Paul tells us, just how to do that. He writes to the Christians who live in Ephesus. This letter, this awesome letter called Ephesians, which is just an amazing letter. But in the sixth chapter, we're going to look at this move tonight that hits very close to home. And uh, that was a pun. Um, So if you have a Bible or an app, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look at just three verses tonight. And some of you are going to hear this very first verse, and you're going to roll your eyes. Ephesians chapter 1 this is from the NIV. I'll read it out of the. So Paul just simply says this. Final chapter, and he has stuff to say to parents in here too. But he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's pretty simple. Children. Now, children does not just mean elementary age kids. It doesn't mean that you're exempt when you're in high school. It doesn't mean you're exempt once you're 17 or 18. He says, Children, that means for forever you will be a child of your parents. And so children, all of you, you're your mom and dad's child. Your parents are their mom and dad's child. And so some of you are being raised by foster parents and step-parents and adoptive parents and grandparents. But you will always be somebody's child. And so as a child, what's your move? Um, Notice what Paul doesn't say. Again, it's very, very clear. Um, And it's, it's so obvious that we know this, but we don't do it. Like I just said, so... We know all this stuff. Okay, get that out of your head. Oh, I've heard this verse before. Oh, I know what Brad's going to talk about. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to obey our parents. But how, do you, how are you doing with this? How am I doing? You guys, I remember being in freshman year college, Grace University here in Omaha, and my, my New Testament teacher saying to me, I don't care if you're 19 or 20 or however old you are, he goes, you can honor your parents for the rest of your life. And it struck me, he goes, for the rest of your life, he goes, I'm, I don't know what he was at the time, 55 years old, 
He goes, I call my parents every week, every weekend. Mom and dad, how are you doing? What have you been up to? And it was a way for him to honor his parents. Look at what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, children, honor or obey your parents when they're being fair. He doesn't say, children, obey your parents if they're right, if you feel like it. He doesn't say, children, obey your parents as long as they deserve it. And this is so, so important because many of us, and I do this too, I certainly did in high school, here's what we do. This is what we tend to do. We focus so much on what our parents are doing that we miss our own role and responsibility. That we just go, I'm mad at them because they pulled this move. And we just are completely oblivious to what we're saying, how we're acting, how we're ignoring them, how we refuse to open up. We completely miss our own role and our responsibility. And we look at whether they're keeping their word or not, or whether they freak out on us or not, or their tone toward us and we reciprocate, or whether they're giving us freedom or not. And we tend to think, if my parents would just fill in the blank, then I would honor them. But the way my dad is or the way my mom is, no way. But you can't change their decision-making. You can only decide what you do. And your decision doesn't have to depend on their behavior. Again, this isn't deep, but we struggle with this. All of us do. We're not great at this. And there's something in us, because I have three kids at home, and there's just something within us that they just want to Diso- they want to do their, we all want our way. And if anything, and even if it's for our, for our protection, that our parents say no, we hate that. And there's, a, there's tension there, right? And so Paul adds this little phrase that we tend to look over. Children, obey your parents. How in the Lord? That Paul is pointing out that this is not just a relational issue, that this is not just sort of some sort of strategy, but for, for those of you in this room at least that are followers of Jesus, this is a spiritual issue, Obey your parents in the Lord. What does that even mean? But it means in a Christ-like way, in a way that, uh, that would honor God. He's saying obeying your parents isn't about deciding if they're right or if they deserve it or if you can get away with disobeying them. This is sort of, to some degree, this is between you and God. This is not even about your parents. That people who are proactive about making decisions up front, regardless of your parents' behavior, that Paul says that's like you have certain values that you go, I'm just going to hold up the Word of God. So what's your move? Your move is very, very simple. It's to obey them. And it goes on, um, verses 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother. Paul starts quoting from the Old Testament, which I love it when New Testament authors quote from the Old Testament. Paul starts quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 5. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise which says this, back then he's quoting Deuteronomy 5, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Some of you in here think about, have you ever read that verse before? Did you realize that that is a verse in the Bible? I'm, is that not the oddest thing ever? That in the middle of the Ten Commandments, at one point it basically says, you're going to have a long life if you do this one. I'm going to be real honest, I don't understand what that means. Like, does that really mean you're going to live till 85, 90? If you honor your parents, um, maybe it just means that's like uh, the natural consequence. If you obey your parents, you're the kind of person that isn't going to get shot at somewhere or at a bar fight, or you're going to just, I don't know. But that's what it says. This is what the, you know, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. But what is he, what's the, what's the principle here? Honor. Honor. How are you doing at honoring your parents? 
sometimes honoring your parents is all it takes um, to get them to ease up, and that's maybe not, that's not your, I'm not saying that's like the primary motivation for doing it, but doing things like being respectful, obeying without question or without complaining, obeying the first time, changing your tone, changing your body language, refusing to roll your eyes, because this has huge potential. And again, you guys know this. Refusing to argue will start to make you look more mature, more responsible. If your parents tell you to do something and you just drop whatever it is you're doing and go set the table and clear off the table and do whatever chores you have around the house, that it will make you look more responsible, which may actually tip the scales in your favor. Again, I'm not saying that's the primary reason. The primary reason is to obey the Word of God. But you should try it. Be proactive, not reactive. So here's one, maybe, and again, this isn't rocket science, but write this down. Honor is an action, not a reaction. And most of the time, we react. And sadly, we spend our whole lives reacting, you guys. We're not proactive people. We're reactive people. And over and over again, and that's why leadership matters, and that you guys setting a tone for what you value matters and actually living by your values. And I'm not saying it's easy, but here's how we go through life. Um, I'm just seeing both of you. Maggie and Simon Thingvall probably don't fight because you guys are awesome. But if Simon came at Maggie and was like just really mad, Maggie, I can't believe you touched my stuff. What are you doing? What is our natural? We react, right? We can't keep calm in that situation. And again, I'm, that's hard, but we just react at everything. What if you were proactive? Especially with mom and dad, honor your father and your mother um, that you don't react what does honor look like when you disobey and you get confronted on it? What does honor look like when they ask you what time you got home Friday night and you need to be honest but you don't want to be? Um, what else do we do with this? Honor is a vague word. So there's a hundred different ways to honor your parents. Here's some places that you might start. Answer some of your mom's questions with more than one word answers. Guys, more so? Fine. It was good. Mom, stop asking me questions. You know, I don't want to answer your questions. Answer her. Talk to your mom. Call up the parent you don't live with, if your parents are divorced, just to say hi to your dad every once in a while or your mom. Text to the parent that you do live with, your parents. Text your parents to let them know when you'll be home. Apologize first. Are they supposed to, you know, maybe they're supposed to do that, but apologize first. Clean your room. Um, meet your curfew without being reminded. Pray for them. Like, that one is huge. If you would actually pray for your parents, you guys, your parents have bad days just like you have bad days. Your parents were in high school once. Your parents do not have this thing nailed down perfectly. I will tell you that as a parent, like parenting is not easy, and they love you, and they're trying the best they can, but pray for them. Or eight, be humble enough to decide no matter what they say or do that you're just not going to treat them like they're stupid. And some of us, that's just our default mode. My mom's, she's so dumb. Is what we think, and it's totally unfair. Um, and many, many times, you guys, you will not feel like honoring them. But I'm asking you, try this. Try it. Just try it. Prove me wrong. Um, be respectful, even when they aren't right, even when they aren't fair, and even when you don't think they deserve it. Why? Because honor is an action. Don't just react. But you guys, be proactive. Be responsible. And so try this for a week. We're going to talk about this for the next two weeks. But what, here's, the, here's my last question. What does honor look like for you with your parents? As you go home tonight, as they pick you up, some of you from Oasis, what does honor look like for you with your mom or with your dad?
And usually for most of you, there's one or the other that's harder to get along with. What if you just obeyed them? What if you honored them even when it's hard? 